Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. So glad that you're here and all of our campuses. And I want to say thank you for all that you did to make Wednesday night happen. I don't take that lightly. I've been waiting for two decades to see that. And, and I'm going to challenge you because a lot of you, maybe you weren't there, you couldn't be there. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm, that's for somebody else. I want to challenge you that if you're on the edge of what's going on at Venture, that you would be willing to, to make the time to step in to, to the middle of the storm. Because I'm going to tell you, I know I'm getting older, but I've never had more fun than I had Wednesday night. I wept through most of it. Uh, man, it reached me. It touched me. And, and I want you and I, I want to just kind of make this covenant because I'm going to do a whole series on this later on. But I want us to bring as much energy to venture with regard to it being a priority in my life. Because I've been thinking through the way you look at church. Like if I weren't on staff and if I were busy and if I had kids and, and I got to Sunday, it'd be easy to go have. I just need to be fed. I need to be pampered. And I'm going to challenge you to give to venture with regard to your life and your focus and your money and your energy. The same thing that if you're like an LSU fan, you might give to an LSU game. And uh, I'm going to tell you why I say that. I was watching the game yesterday. I had a friend who was there. I said, hey, could you take a, like a video of the people in the stand so I can like see it and tell me in the three hours that they were there how many people sat down in a stadium filled with people? And he sent it to me, and I was shocked. Old people standing up for three hours. Now, I know they were lit. But, but, but that doesn't mean anything, okay? If you got to drink a little before you get here, I, we'll, we'll somehow figure that out. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So you'll put it on fire. I told you they didn't believe the Bible. You know, but, but look, bring, bring some energy. Like when you get here, don't use your energy for other things. And so when you get to venture, you're all washed up and tired and beat down and broke because I know how much you're spending on those tickets, bro. I mean, when you think about the amount of money, now I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the, I'm an eight, that's why I'm doing this. But, but I understand because I'm into sport, I'm into what you're into. I'm just like you. I really am. You don't realize that. I'm just like you. And I'm into everything you're into, and I love it, man. I mean, I'm trying to get to the World Series, okay, get up there and hang out with my boy Dozier and, and see all that. And you know what? It takes money. It takes time. It takes planning. It takes energy. And let me just ask you, you don't have to like, you don't have to give us any more adventure than you give your favorite football team in terms of time, energy, and money. Because if you'll do that, we'll have a revival. And the reason we've not done Reed Green before now is because we didn't have the people who were willing to give the time and energy and money to make it happen. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I got to thinking about, like, why haven't we already done this? Because there weren't enough people who would, were willing to say, hey, I'm all in. And you'll find a reason. The devil will work in you. This is not in my sermon. You've got to take this off my time. But the devil will work in you, and you'll be going, I don't know. I don't know. And you'll be on the edge. You'll be on the edge, and you'll spend all of your time getting this two-step, getting re this religious two-step. You'll be getting religion and religion and religion and religion. You'll never be real. So I'm telling you, now you're missing it. Uh, you're missing You can give me a hand on that because that was good. <laughs> like, like I don't ask for hands very much, but like when I, when I do some two-stepping with a broke arm, I mean, I, I, I'm with some loving. And, and here's the thing, man. There is more in you. I saw it Wednesday night. 
And, and if you're not careful, you, you'll kind of deal it. Nobody's ever been changed by the book of faces. And you'll look at it on Facebook and you'll have an idea on Facebook, but you will never get involved in the kingdom of God and you're going to miss it. I want to tell you something, I ain't missing it. And if you don't get on the train, I don't know why I'm saying this, but, but if I'm an eight, I'm an eight. But if you don't get on the train, the train is pulling out and it's rolling. And I'd love to have you on it because it's fun. You can only eat boiled shrimp and those little weenies for so long. I mean, you're going to get chubby and you're going to miss the Spirit of God moving. Okay, so this is not the sermon. And I'm just telling you, like there's more for you. So I'm too old. You ain't too old. Timmy said it well. If there's breath in your body and you ain't dead, God's got a plan for you. And look, you don't have to lead the train. You don't have to be in charge. You know what's happened to so many people? You're in charge all week and you get to the weekend and you kind of want to be in charge of your little world and you're not making a difference in your little world. If you get into the big world of the kingdom of God through his church and get into a system that makes a difference, you will change South Mississippi forever. Amen. Now, 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 you say, well, I didn't come for all that. I just want to know about an eight. This is what an eight looks like. An aide looks like getting in your face and saying, hey, I'm not going to let you sit down. I'm going to squeeze it out of you. I'm going to put you in a position where you've got to step up. Because it's for your own good. It's for your marriage. It's for your kids. It's for your grandkids. You want to light up your grandkids. I talked to one granddaddy. His grandson just got baptized. He's on fire. Why? Because the next generation is coming to know Jesus. When I saw those kids at Reed Green Coliseum about to jump out of their skin, I wept like a little baby girl. And that's hard for me to do. I don't like to cry. Because I'm an eight. I feel like I'm great. Okay, all right, let's get into the message. Uh, we've been in the nine. That was a little extra. That's what's coming for you in the weeks ahead. So if you don't like that, man, you're going to be frustrated because I'm about to get lit up every weekend. We've got to go to another level. The nine, and we're talking about the different personality styles that God has given all of us, and they're all amazing. Like of eight billion people in the world your DNA and your fingerprint and your calling in life is unique to you. And you say, well, is it that big a deal? Yeah. Until you get you, you won't get other people. Uh, Augustine said, until you get you, you won't get God. I mean, when you understand how you're wired, you know that you have strengths and you have limitations. Uh, the great theologian Clint Eastwood said, a man's got to know his limitations, punk. And you've got to know where you're going to have to kind of hold back and you're going to have to think and you're going to have to deal with the things in your life. Now, the eights, I'm going to tell you about the eights. If you're a friend to an eight, man, thank you. Don't give up on them. Because the eights are like William Wallace in Braveheart. Freedom! Freedom! You know, painted in blue. Literally, when they really did that, that really happened, he was painted in blue and he had no clothes on. And that's a nasty sight. That's, I'm not an eight like that, okay? But, but that's what happened. Martin Luther King Jr., when he saw how people of color were being treated, he said, this is not right. This is not right. He said, I may not go to the promised land with you, he said, but I see it. He was murdered, assassinated on my sixth birthday. And it's just something, and I have a connection with him. 
But the eights are challengers. They're disruptors. And, and I want to say to the eights, I love you. I have, a, I have a real affinity for people that are wired to, like, upset people. I mean, for the people who are willing to take, like, the front row and say, hey, I don't care if anybody goes with me. God's called me to do this, and I'm going to go if I lose everybody. I'll never forget when we began to do all that. I've told you this story before. I'll do this real quick because I've got to get to the eights because the eight stuff is so important. But when we began to make the changes and all of our friends left, all, I mean all of them except a handful, and so that, the, you, the ten of you that are still here, thank you. I love you, and I, I will do your funeral. I'll do everything for you imaginable. And if you left, I'll probably do yours too. But, but the reality is she said we were out walking. I'll never forget this. We're out walking one day, and she said, Honey, you got to love my wife. She's a two. You know, and uh, so she shoulds a lot, like you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, you should do that. And we'd done, gone through that for about two years. And finally she said, are you sure God is calling you to do this? Because everybody we know and love and respect think you're the devil. And I said, honey, you don't have to go to Venture. It was first, first Hattiesburg at that time. You can go somewhere else. And... I'm not kidding you. We had this conversation. This is an eight. This is an eight. I said, we can meet like at uh, Pepito's or there was another Mexican place then and for lunch and you can go to the class with all of your friends and we'll meet for Mexican and just eat and, and we don't have to worry about you. But I've got to do this. See, eights are like that. When God tells you something, it doesn't really matter who else around you is going, that's not, I don't know, I don't feel good, I don't know about that. You're going, no, this is what we're doing. And so today we're going to talk about an eight that is the only person in the Bible that God said, you're a man after my own heart. And man, I've held on to that. But, but remember that eights because it doesn't end well for him. And we're going to look at three snapshots looking in 1 Samuel beginning in chapter 17 in verse 23. Now I'm going to read this very famous passage. I'm going to get you out on time, so just calm down. And, and here we are, although you spent three and a half hours during the game in Baton Rouge, not counting pregame, not counting trying to get sober enough to find an Uber to get home. Okay, verse 25, not, not, not venture people, but I'm talking, you know, other people go to other churches. Now, the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man, Goliath, keeps coming out to defy Israel? The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. And David asked the men standing there. He had brought food to his brothers. He had six older brothers. What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Uh, see, he would have been in the, like the parade this weekend. We had a lot of people here talking about that. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And they repeated to him what they'd been saying and what they'd been told. This will be done for the man who kills him. Then Eliab, that's David's oldest brother, when he heard David speaking to the men, he burned with anger at him and said, why have you come down here? What would you do with those like, two sheep in the wilderness? I know you're conceited and you're wicked and you're filled with the devil. You came down here only to watch the battle. And David's like, what have I done? Can I speak? I mean, he's an eight. He's a seven-wing eight. And he turned away to someone else and asked them the same thing. And David was overheard and poured to Saul. Saul tried to put his armor on him. Didn't work. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream and he put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and his sling in his hand and he approached the Philistine. And verse 48, as the Philistine, Goliath moved closer to attack him, David ran. Now this is what eights do. Eights are like, hey, I, eights run toward the battle. 
Eights don't go like, hey, let me figure this out. You know, the, the, the eights are like, I'm running to the battle because Goliath must fall. Regardless of what happens, Goliath must fall. And so he's running to the battle and he reaches into his bag while he's running. I love this. And he slings it and he strikes the Philistine in the forehead and the stone sank into his forehead. He fell face down on the ground and David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. He ran over him, stood over him. He took out his sword and he cut off his head. And you're going, that's an eight. That's what eights do. See, see, the eights are the challengers. They're the people that are like, hey, we can do this. The eights are the people who say, we're going to do what everybody says can't be done. This is why we need eights. Now, I know that they're hard to be around. That's why I don't have a lot of friends. You know, Alicia's like, man, you know, could you just not talk like when we go places? Because nobody invites us to come back because you think you've got to say things. And, but I feel, you know, like I've got to challenge that when it's just ignorant. That, that's the reason, like, I try to stay off Facebook. I see stuff on Facebook, and I'm like, that's the most ignorant thing I've ever heard. And now I have a Facebook police. It keeps me from responding when y'all put ignorant stuff on there. And so here, here is Goliath. He's nine feet tall. And David, being an eight, he's running w- with the deal. Like, if it's a one, what's a one going doing? Like, well, let's think about this. Let's, 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 let's aim, let's aim, let's aim, let's aim, let's aim. What's a two doing? Let me hold the rocks for you while you're running. The threes are like, you know, I don't, yeah, we just got to figure out how to win. I'm not sure this is the best way to win. Four is like, I don't feel like fighting today. The fives are like, hey, let's investigate. Let's think about this. The sixes are like, I'm not sure we can trust the leadership. The sevens are like, oh, a fight, a fight, a fight. And the nines are like, it's way the white flag. (laughs) But not the eights. And he's running toward the battle. And he loves being the underdog. You know why? Because there's something about eights. There's something that happened to eights when they were growing up. Somewhere where they felt like they were the underdog and they were being mistreated and they had nobody to stand up for them. And they said, one day when I see this happening, I'm going to stand in the middle of that and I'm going to fight. For David, it was his brothers. He was mistreated. He was bullied. He was beat down. You may have had six older brothers that beaten you and kicking you every single day. And then one day you go, hey, I've had enough of that. See, here's the thing about eights. It's not so much that they love being the underdog, like they love to fight for the underdog. That's why I love being a preacher. Because when your back's against the wall, and I know about it, and I know you, you know what I want to do? I want to fight for you. That's the reason I've told all of our kids at school, somebody bullies you, somebody gives you a hard time, call me and I'll come to your school and I'll punch their parents' lights out. Because that's what eights do. Eights punch people. That's not a good thing. They feel confident. Do you, do you know what David says when, uh, when, when David goes up to, uh, to Saul and Saul tries to put the armor on? He goes, I don't need that. I don't need your armor. Why? Because I already killed uh, lions and bears. Not lion, a lion and a bear. Lions and bears. He's saying, I've got this. I've got you. I'm willing to fight for us. This is for our nation. This is for our God. I mean, eights lead from their gut, just just like the nines and the ones. You know, the nines suppress their anger. The ones are kind of like, kind of simmering, but the eights let it flow. They let it flow. It works so well for me in sports. Get enraged and take it out on the people I was playing against. I don't know if anybody else does that. So unhealthy. 
But if you're on the inner circle, man, you got somebody who's an eight. Your wife, your husband, your kids, your best friends, your church, I will fight you. I will take you down. In the name of Jesus. Now, my son-in-law says that's not true. I'm not really an eight because we were fishing together in, in Greece and uh, in the Aegean Sea where John looked out writing the book of Revelation. We're out there fishing, you know. And so we're coming back. As we're coming, this really happened. I wasn't going to tell this, but I decided to tell it. We're coming back, and he's right by me. And I look back, and Cujo is coming. If you know what Cujo is, it's a giant mangy dog. And it's, it's, it's slobbering and growling. And in that moment, and this is what I did as an eight, and this is not my greatest moment, I took my son-in-law and threw him at the dog I, I'm not kidding you I did that I picked him up and threw him at the dog and so I've been trying to like he'd been trying to go through you know like uh, uh, therapy to figure out why I did that but 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 you know and, we, and he was hitting it with his with his rod and reel in the nose and I was running and we got up to the deal he says man I thought you were an eight he says I don't think you're an eight eights fight for people in their inner circle I said bro you ain't in the inner circle yet <laughs> I had to make a split decision. What is best for my grandkids? Me. <laughs> Going down. Good luck, son. Okay. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I got so much more because this is the part I'm trying not to get to by telling you. That's a true story that really happened, and you can ask him one day, and it's bad. But here's the second thing about an eight that I hate, and it's, it's this is where I didn't want to get to the part of the sermon <sighs> because this is the sin of an eight and it's lust See, I'd rather my core sin be anger or you know some other sin and what that means is an eight like everything they do like they fight and, and, and they succeed and they, and they also do that with everything else in their life they're extra and it's not just sex it's food it's, it's like worship, like David danced before the Lord in his underwear in downtown Jerusalem. That's pretty crazy. But they go bigger, they go home. And, and if you're an eight, I want to tell you, I get you. And I want you to know that because if you're like me, you struggle. And it's the weirdest things when the enemy comes at me and he comes at me at the most vulnerable times and he puts something right in front of me, whether it's on a computer screen or on a TV or in real life, or at a buffet, or with my grandkids. And, and if I'm not careful, I, I, I'll shipwreck my life and break my testimony. David had eight wives, and they were all smoking hot. I mean, you go back and read, David, I mean, I, that's a problem right there. He's got eight wives. Like, if you're having sex with more than one woman, you got an issue. And you may not be an eight. That's another sermon series that I'm going to do. But I'm just telling you, man, that's going to wind up poorly for you. He's got eight wives, and he's up on a roof looking at another woman that's not his wife, and she's taking a bath. It's in the Bible. Man, after God's own heart, oh, I got this giant. Oh, I got some raw. Oh, you, I'm running. You, Goliath must fall. So must your lust. You say, wait a minute. Are you telling me because I'm an eight that if I'm not careful, I'll destroy my life and my legacy because of excess? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. It's a battle I fight every single day. And, and I'm embarrassed, to, but I'm telling you that it's a battle. And, and, 
and to confess that to someone and have someone help me. And, and look at everything that was said to him that should have kept him on track. And I've got people like this in my life. I need you to ask me that. I need you to make sure. I need you to like say, hey, I want you to be godly. I don't want you to be like David. I don't want you to be alone. I don't want you to do that. I want you to be someone that we can follow. I don't want you to shipwreck your life and your wife and your kids and your grandkids and your church because you gave in to that moment. Listen to what people are saying around you. His own servant says, isn't that, hey, wait a minute. Hey, who is that? Isn't that that Bathsheba? She's not a piece of bread. She's a person. It's not about porn. It's about people. Oh, isn't isn't her daddy one of your best friends that fights in your army, one of your 60 mighty men? Isn't she half your age? Doesn't her husband also fight in your army? Yes, he's a Hittite, but he loves you. He's willing to give his life for you. And David's going, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember how much God has blessed you. I mean, Nathan says God has given you everything. He plucked you out of the backside of a pasture. He gave you the palace. He would have given you even more, but it was never enough for you, Aids. And realize what it will cost you. You know, one thing that helps me, and I don't know, like it's like, this is like a confessional sermon. Like, like I battle this every single day. Every single day. Every single morning. At lunch. At night. Every single day. It's excess. It, it is rage. It is all these things that are pent up in me. And, and I make excuses and I rationalize. Anybody else ever do that that's an eight? And, and I do it with my driving. I, I mean, I'm embarrassed because my brother's down here who's, who's a policeman. But, but I mean, like with my driving, and like, like I was coming back this weekend, I was like, man, what's wrong with you? Because I kept inching up and inching up on the speed. It was on the interstate. Nobody was there. I mean, I started making all kind of rationalizations. Why? I know they're going to give you at least seven or eight miles. I'm in the flow of the traffic. And all of a sudden, as I turned the corner and I saw the he he lit me up, bro. And I whipped over to the side real quick, and man, I looked down at the speedometer, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You have got to be. And Alicia's going, I've been telling you. I mean, you know, she's a two. I've been telling you. I've been telling you. I've been telling you. I've been telling you. You know, that's not what an eight needs. And so I rolled down to Winder because I know how this thing works, and I do say Winder because I like it. I'm an eight. And I held my license out like this because I knew what was coming, and he got out. He looked like he's an eight. And so he gets out and comes over, and the first thing he says to me, and you're, you're a challenger, you're an eight, so you already you don't really appreciate being pulled over, okay? Because, hey, you're not hurting nobody. You know, and I had to go to the bathroom. I mean, that was my thing. Like, he, he walks over and goes, hey, is this your car? I wanted somebody to go, no, I have no idea whose car this is. <laughs> I didn't, because I didn't want to get pistol whipped. But, but, but then he said, and I'm holding my license out, he goes, is that your license? No, I picked it up at the rest stop. I don't know whose this is. He said, do you know why I pulled you over? I wanted somebody to go, no, you just wanted to talk. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got issues. I'm so sorry, I, I feel so bad. And so he's right, he's mad. I mean, he's mad that I'm going, I ain't telling you how fast I'm going. There's some things I ain't telling y'all. I'm going fast. And... Uh, and he literally threw the t- ticket in my window and walked off. He was just disgusted with me. And, uh, and, you know, I still had trouble slowing down. But here's the thing. If you're an eight, there's something about you. It creeps up on you. Moses' sister was an eight. It's not just men. It's women, too. If you've got a, a woman that's an eight, man, she will blurt out on you. I mean, Moses had a, a wife that was Ethiopian, and she went all off on him. She went crazy. because eights think you need to know how they feel. And you just like me, you burning people down left and right. 
And you say, well, goodness gracious, Jeff, we don't want to be like you. What can we do? Well, well, let me tell you what helps Nate and what helps me. And, and it's community. The community for an eight. There's another time in David's life when he was healthy. And he was healthy. I keep trying to tell you this. People don't listen to me. You think you can do it on your own with two or three people that let you do what you do and never hold you accountable. You need community. And it's in First Samuel chapter 23. And David's in the cave of Adullam. And he's with his mighty men. He's with all these guys. And here's the things you need. You need a safe place, eights. You need an environment where you can go and you feel safe. And, you know, you know people are for you and you know people get you. And that's what we try to do at Venture. We try to build environments where eights, the reason we have so many eights, it's amazing how many eights we have in our, in our fellowship because eights feel comfortable here. They kind of get it. They understand, like, I don't have it all together. You don't have it all together. And it's a safe place where you can come and you can feel at home. You can belong before you believe. And you need still times. You need to simmer down. Now, I'm going to give you a word that I don't do. I'm a hypocrite right here. You need to turn your phone off, eights. And if you're on your phone and you are like on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Marco Polo, whatever it is you're on, you need to give somebody the right to be the, the, the social media police in your life. I've got people in my life. Because this is what you'll do. Somebody will put something on the, uh, the, the, the social media and you'll feel like you need to fight that battle. No, the Lord will fight your battle, bro. You, you can't fix ignorance, eh? There's something just ignorance. You've got to let it go. You, you need a still time to refuel, a retreat, to recharge, renew. And listen, wives and husbands and kids, when you build a safe place and still times in your home, man, amazing things happen to your eight. They get healed. They get healed. The worst thing you can do when your, your aide comes home and, and you go, hey, I, did you think about, hey, wait, did you get, hey, wait, yeah, get. Because you know what they're doing? The aides are doing like this right here. They're, 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 I mean, they're getting into the ninja mode because that's where they live anyway. You, wanna, you want some of that? Can you imagine being married to me all those years as an aide and you think I'm unhealthy now? You should have seen me 20 years ago. It's like, walk, 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 walk. You need special friends. Because David, he just simply says, I wish I had some water from Bethlehem where I grew up. And these mighty men, these three guys, these three brothers, you, you, you need some brothers, okay? You need a bed of brothers. You need some soul sisters who will hear like Wednesday night. You know what I did? Because I just simply said, and I've been saying, hey, I'd love this to happen, love for this to happen. Next thing I know, I'm standing in Reed Green and I'm crying like a girl. You want to blow an eight's mind? the things they've talked about and dreamed of. When all of a sudden that happens and you just say, hey, they begin to worship, man. They begin to get healed. They have sacred times and sacred experiences where they can enjoy the presence of God with people that they love. You say, well, what's an unhealthy eight look like? Well, they look like people that don't value the feelings of others. When I'm unhealthy, and this has happened here, it's reason we had a lot of different staff members. When we go through different times and I'm unhealthy, it's like, hey, this is where we're going. Oh, you got, you, did you call? Did you burp? Oh, what? You got something to say to the whole, you got something to say? That's how terrible you are when you get unhealthy. When you get home and you, hey, hey, you. That's what an unhealthy eight looks like. I've lived that a lot of my life. You don't pick up on subtle cues that are going on around you. Like you're in a group of people and you're like, you don't, like, what's, what's that guy doing? 
You're sizing people up when you come in the room. I bet that guy right there thinks he can take me. You're crazy, man. I mean, you, when you're unhealthy, when you walk into the room, I mean, you're scanning the room going, I want who was a piece of me. You want someone, I want who want, I mean, that's how crazy you are. That's how sick you are. That's why you need community. Uh, you'll be surprised when people feel like you're overbearing and you hurt their feelings. Alicia will say, why did you say that? I said, because it was true. And I use this illustration all the time as an eight. I'm just confessing my sins because maybe there's another eight that can relate to this. You keep pulling on the tail, you get to the teeth. Oh, you want that. Oh, you want to be mistreated. Oh, you want to be beat down. Oh, you want, see, see how sick that is? Sick, sick, sick. You say, well, what do you do to stay healthy? You find ways to stay connected to people and not be so abrasive. You make yourself go to things you don't want to go to. You, you learn to grow in the fruit of the Spirit where you can speak the truth, but speak it in love. To give someone a hunting license in your life to say, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. You, you, you're out of bounds. Have a Nathan in your life. Man, I've got those people in my life. Some of our elders are like that. Our staff is like that. Our young staff, they look at everything I do and ask questions about it. I've got a great wife that second guesses everything I do. I mean, I've got older people in Hattiesburg that keep waiting for me to stumble where they can pile on. And, you know, so here we go. But you need people in your life that you give a hunting life to. And you need to ask yourself, why am I so angry? Because age anger is at your core. Being exposed is at your core. And when you get in the car and you're driving too fast and you're up on somebody and you're mad because somebody's in the left lane, say, why, why am I so angry? And ask yourself a thousand times a day, what if I'm wrong? You know, what if I'm wrong? Because I mean, I mean, I'm sure like of things. And now if my staff, if our elders, if, if more than one of our elders say you're a donkey, I put on a bridle. I don't even ask about it. I'm like, you're right. I mean, I need oversight. I need help. I don't want to wind up like David. I don't want to be up on a roof at 58 looking at a 28-year-old woman. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Help me. And if you've got an eight in your life, you love them enough to confront them and then leave them alone because we need eights. Eights lead revolutions. We need you. I'm going to do a prayer, and it's the only one we're going to have two prayers for because eights need two prayers. One prayer is not enough for an eight. So let's put it up on, the, up on the screen, and we're going to do the first one, and this is for eights to pray. You ready? We'll say it out loud. God, help me rely on you, not just with my instincts. Help me to find strong people who will be direct with me, but also see my heart and my intentions God, help me show my weaknesses so I can experience the true strength that comes from you. Now, that was, is an eight. I'm just going to tell you, that was poor at Lincoln Road. So let's, let's do the next one. This is where we're praying for each other, okay? And we're praying for the eights, not just them praying, but because we, I need prayer. And so let's do this together. You ready? Lord, thank you for the eights in our lives. Lord, thank you for these strong men and women who speak the truth and intervene in the lives of the broken and oppressed. Thank you for them. We pray for a passion of tenderness and mercy to match their desire for justice. God, give them humility to match their strength. In Jesus' name, 
amen. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to pray for the eights and their families and their friends. Listen, don't give up on eights. Don't give up on them. They need grace. They need mercy. See, a lot of eights, they realize you're probably going to give up on them like everybody else has. And they're they're trying to run you off. Don't leave them. Forgive them. Give them grace. Give them mercy. Tell them clearly when they've hurt your feelings or hurt someone in your family. Ask God to do a new work in the eights in your life. A lot of eights are coming to Thanksgiving. It's just a few weeks away. Pray for them right now that God would do a new work in their lives. Father, we thank you for how you've wired us. God, we know that when we get healthy and we get more like Jesus, we have the best of all nine. That God, when we're unhealthy, we move toward a corner of the room that's destructive. And it just so happens with AIDS that it's lust, it's excess, it's extra. And God, help us as AIDS. Uh, God, be willing to, to say, hey, th- this, is, this is all I need. I, I want to feel good about right here. This is it. This is the end of the road. This is all I need. I don't need to do any more. God, help us understand limits. And Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out venturechurch.org.